Well, good morning, church. Um, we uh, had started uh, two weeks ago on the gospel, and we're going to be in this for a while, uh, sharing uh, what it means exactly. And, you know, we kind of did an intro last, uh, or two weeks ago, we kind of did a little intro, and today we're going to uh, continue with that a little bit, and then we'll break it down as we move forward. So let's open up the word of prayer. God, thanks. Thank you for uh, your love, God. Uh, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news. Uh, Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord, and as we are in this place together today, Lord, I pray that you uh, just transform us, God, into his likeness. As we hear the good news again, Lord, or maybe for the first time, Father, that it, it just spurs us on to some type of response. Lord, because it's, it's pretty clear in your word that, that our response never ends. That our response to the gospel, to the good news, uh, will can continue on for the rest of our life. God, and if we've settled for anything less, Lord, forgive us of that, and I pray that we repent. And Lord, that we lock into the truth of the gospel, the gospel that you gave to us, not that, that someone else has created or the culture has pushed or, or we've just fallen into complacency to believe, God, but that we'll grab hold of the real thing. Lord, just be in this place this morning, and, and we just invite you into our heart God, to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark 1, uh, 14 through 15 says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark 8, 34 through 35 says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. We talked about last week, I read a, a pretty a long definition of the gospel and what it is, and we're going to bring that back up at the end uh, of the service. And I, you know, I mentioned just how many times it is mentioned over and over and over and over again in in the New Testament, and it's the good news, the herald of the good news. Um, and so, you know, when I when I came to Christ, uh, when I came to understand the beginning of this, you know, I, I didn't, I had a um, uh, just a partial view of the gospel. I, I didn't understand the full thing, uh, you know, and I, when I made that decision and God, you know, swept in and just overwhelmed me. And, you know, just basically it was follow me. You know, I didn't need to know all the details of where I was going. I just knew that I had to follow him. And so, you know, 
in, in my own story, I, I went through those things. I believed, I, I repented, and I was baptized, and, and you know, like, it's, that's, this is all part of following, because this is what Jesus says we have to do. And so following is doing what Jesus says we have to do. It's called obedience. And so, you know, I began following him. And he, he led me, you know, all over the place. And I was willing to go, and I went. And sometimes I really didn't understand. I, in fact, almost all the time, I really didn't understand how his hand was moving me. Uh, but I knew that it was him. And I knew that it was him because it was things I'd never thought of. It was things I didn't always want to do. There, there was definitely some discomfort in many of the, the roads the Lord took me down. And so, you know, and it was, it was, a, it was a building time. It was a, a developing character and, and perseverance and those kinds of things that the Bible talks about. You know, God kept throwing out the next step and he'd wait for me to obey and I, you know, I'd go obey and then he'd, and in, in the obedience, there were other little things that, that uh, he had going on. I used to play video games, and I remember, you know, you had this quest that you were on, and there was a goal, but to get to the goal, that, there was these little off-side stories going on that you had to complete these little tasks, and, you know, very similar uh, experience for me in, in my own story. But I didn't have a full understanding for a long time, and... Uh, so I, I want to say a few things as we dive into this, all right? First of all, uh, you might be tempted to question your salvation uh, in some of this. And, you know, that is definitely not my intent at all. But at the same time, I know sometimes that does come up. And if that's the Lord spurring you on, then I want you to pay attention to it. Uh, but this isn't intent. That's not exactly what, you know, we're trying to do here. I'm trying to bring clarity. I'm trying to make sure you understand what the gospel really is because if we listen to, if we just listen out there to what is being said and spoken, I think we'll, we'll get a, a, just a partial view of the gospel. And so we have to come back to the Bible and make sure we have grasped the entire thing. And so, I, you know, I, this, this isn't about questioning your salvation. Um, this is not a sales pitch either. Like, it, it's just a call for you to really take a, a hard-nosed look at this thing and make sure that you're living out the real gospel. You know, the gospel that Jesus preached, the gospel that we see throughout the entire New Testament. And so, um, you know, the intent is, is that you are just a committed follower of Jesus. That, that's what we're after. And it gets deeper. You know, that following, that relationship with Jesus just grows deeper from what we're going to be talking about um, throughout this series. And, you know, just on a personal level, uh, we, we want to make sure, because here's the other thing that happens. We get into this journey, and by our own nature, I think we, we, we talk about, you know, uh, conservatives and liberals and uh, legalists, and, you know, we use all these words, but... Our natures, I think, channel us typically into one of those things. And so again, you know, we just want to make sure we're not running way over here or way over here, but that we're actually walking with Jesus. I use this phrase a lot uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'll continue. We're, we're trying to right the ship, you know, because you can get off course just a little bit and end up somewhere where you don't want to be. 
And so I, I want you to I want you to write this down or remember this. Uh, take a screenshot of the screen. But um, the gospel we believe is the gospel we live. The gospel we believe is the gospel we live. And, and what that does is it impacts us as a disciple. You know, as a I'm, I'm able to be called a disciple because I'm following a teacher, and that teacher is Jesus. And I'm supposed to look and act and speak like him. And so what I believe about the gospel is going to determine how I live, and how I live is very reflective of the disciple that I am. You know, in its simplest form, Matthew 4, 19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, at its simplest form, that's what a disciple is. You know, that we're following Jesus. He's transforming us, and we're on mission with him. That's what it is. And so what we believe about the gospel is going to determine the disciple uh, that we are. And so... The disciple that we are obviously begins to impact our, our sphere of influence, our circle, right? And so if, if I believe this about the gospel and it's not right, and I'm following Jesus in that, and then I'm, I'm inevitably teaching, whether I'm doing it verbally or not, teaching others uh, to do the same thing. And the funny thing is it's, it's because of the gospel, the real gospel, that we're even, even a disciple to begin with. And, and so, so often we get it. We get off on it and and uh, we we stray, you know, and we we don't we're not tracking along the same way that Jesus wants us to track. So we want to make sure we're lined up with Jesus. We want to make sure we're living the real thing because He is our compass, right? He He's what's going to keep us uh, uh, going down the right way. He's true north, and that's what we need to navigate our lives. And so what I've ran into in, into the church, you, know, you, you again, you run into people start to fall into different lanes and those kinds of things. And, and so, you know, I, I've met the people that are too serious. You know, they're so, they're so serious about this, they're not even approachable. Um, there's no grace in there. It's just like, you know, and, and, you know, those people oftentimes end up distancing themselves from others because nobody wants to be around them because... There's no room to grow and there's no room to make a mistake and, and mistakes are part of the growth process. And so we got to be careful of that. And then, and then you get the other side of apathy, right? You know, I've, I've got my ticket punched and so, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go to church. Um, I'll be a good person. I just want to be at home and I want to be left alone, you know? And, and is that really, I mean, can you, I mean, if we ask ourselves that question, is that really what Jesus came to die for? Is that really what he came to die for? Did he come to die for you just to come and sit in a pew and hear some sermons? Those are some big questions. And I think they need answered in your life. Is, is this what it is for you? And then when you go out the door, you just live, live your life. And then you, you come back on Sunday and you hear another sermon and is that what Jesus really went to the cross and was beaten and nailed? Like, really? I don't think so.
I think it boils down to just a lack of understanding. I think it, it boils down to confusion. To being sold cheap grace, honestly, in a culture that that that's what they want. That's that's our culture, I believe, mostly in the religious realm is just cheap grace. That's not what Jesus went to the cross for. So what is the good news? You know, if if we if we're gonna take a, a good look at that, you know, we talked about the, the Greek word of that, but we you gotta you gotta look back. You know the the Jewish people for so long were just longing for the Messiah, and they were just waiting for this this good news of, of the kingdom. You know, and and again they they got off track of their understanding, and and man the the prophets. I mean Abraham, Moses, the prophets, David. Everybody tried to get them back like thinking the right way but but the still they still just got got it skewed and and uh and they were looking for something but they didn't really know what they were looking for and even other cultures we know the wise men you know came and so there there was a longing a looking for uh this messiah the good news and so finally you know christmas is not too far away you know heaven collides with earth and there's this great moment of celebration, of proclamation, and mankind is no longer separated from the Creator. Right? The curse is is essentially broken in the form of Jesus coming to earth. The Creator is reunited with His creation. It says in, in John a couple of verses here, John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, the word logos right there, um, the plan, the wisdom of God, you know. And so this was Jesus, right? He, he's, he's always been there uh, with the Father. We see him represented in Genesis, and uh, it comes on the scene uh, at uh, the birth and what a glorious moment. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, and glory as of the, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. There's a plan, right? There's wisdom in this. There, the, this, this wisdom of God uh, becomes flesh. And so, um, you know, when, when Andrew goes to tell Peter, like, hey, you know, he's so excited because he's like, I, I think we found him. You know, we've, we've been longing for this as a people, man. I remember, you know, as kids, we were getting told these stories and I think we found him. He was so excited. And so what did Jesus say the gospel is? What did Jesus say the gospel is? Don't, and and let's, let us not forget, Jesus is the center of, of the gospel, not us. You know, we try to make it about us a lot. Jesus died on the cross for us. And he did. That is a true statement. But we love to make it about us. And Jesus is the center of the gospel. And the gospel is is God's story of restoration and fulfilling his promises uh, to his people. And so, you know, Jesus declares the gospel in, in two uh, two major parts. His His part and our part. Okay, so his part, 
Jesus' part is the fact that he's the king. You know, he's going to be the king. Or he is the king. He's not going to be. He is the king of this kingdom. And he's going to die and he's going to pay the price for all of our sins. Everyone who's ever lived, everyone who's going to live. And he's going to beat death. He's going to resurrect from the dead. Right? That's his part. And he does it because he's faithful. (laughs) And he does his part. And then we have a part. And our part is to believe and follow and repent. That's our part. We have to do those three things. And so often we like to leave one or two of those out. And we just want the shortened version, the cheapened version of this. And that doesn't cut it. We have to believe to follow. We have to repent. Or repent and follow whatever work order there for you. But those are the three key components of our response to the gospel that Jesus laid out. In Mark 1, 14 through 17, we're going to go back over some of those verses and then add a little bit. It says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother. He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you. And I will make you become fishers of men. The kingdom. The kingdom is near. The reign of Christ has arrived. And that's in the form of Jesus. Right? He he is that. He's the king. It implies that he's the king. And, and our response, again, is to repent, believe, follow. And the gospel is about the kingdom of God. And it has come to you. The kingdom of God has come to you. And, and it demands a response. You don't get to just ignore it. Maybe you think that you can. But it demands a response. And understanding God's incredible grace and mercy. And all that he's doing for us. In this moment. And all he continues to do. Mark eight twenty-seven through 35. This is a little, little section here. And it says, And as Jesus went on with his disciples into the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and to seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. He is the Christ. The promised fulfillment 
of God. He's the king. And he promises us when he's here that he's going to return a second time and establish his kingdom. And, and you know, we're going to talk more about that as we, as we dig in um, to this and more about Jesus and, and those kinds of things. But, it, you know, all this is his way of saying, I am. There's some really neat uh, studies behind that, that phrase, I am. But he's, he's saying, hey, it's, it's here. I, I'm, I'm him, you know. And uh, the king is here in the flesh and he's going to be killed. And he's going to die, but he's going to defeat death. And your response is, is, is to deny yourself and pick up your cross and come on, you know, to repent. It's a nice way of saying it. To turn away from me and follow him for the sake of the gospel. So what did, so we, t- we talked about Jesus, you know, what did Paul and the early church believe? Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. So they heard the gospel, right, in which you stand. They, they're standing strong in it. So they're, they're doing the following and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So some believed in vain. You know, they, they weren't following the real gospel. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So yeah, again, they received it. They, they were standing strong in it. They were being saved. Some of them in vain. They had gotten off and they, they, they weren't off track and they weren't, um, they weren't following the way they were, that Jesus is the Christ, the King, and that he died and that he was resurrected on the third day. So let's, uh, let's go back over this big lofty definition of the gospel uh the gospel is and and uh, you, you can read it along with me the gospel is this the kingdom of god has come through jesus of nazareth to restore relationship with mankind he is the christ the king god's one and only son he died on the cross for our sins was buried and was resurrected on the third day according to the scriptures in his great love and by his amazing grace God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sin, believes in him, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last day for his church, all who have been restored and followed him will enter into the eternal kingdom of God. You know, before Jesus came, the Jews had this preconceived notion of who the Messiah was, who the king was going to be, and so many of them missed it. Are we missing it? Even though we're, we're in the aftermath, do we get these little ideas and these notions that are just kind of self-created? And are we missing it? Are you missing it? Am I Missing it. Remember, the gospel we believe is the gospel we live. It's what we live out. 
So if we believe that part of the gospel isn't the following, guess what? Then all we were ever worried about was getting our ticket punched. The gospel we believe is the gospel we live. We do not have the right to pick and choose what we believe or the gospel that we want. Jesus is the king, right? That's what we'd all say. He's the Lord. He's the king. Well, then he makes the rules. And I can't read his word and not see all of this. It's in there everywhere. It's in there everywhere. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the plan is set. It's set in stone, the precious cornerstone. So this morning, as we, as we come to a close, how are you going to respond to the gospel? The real gospel. Maybe you had a, a partial version of it. Maybe you didn't understand. Some of us need to, to believe. Some of us need to make, take that first step. Maybe we're sitting here and we've had all these doubts and we just don't know. And maybe we've never made that decision to, to let Jesus be the Lord of our life and, and believe in everything that he said and his promises and who he is. Some of us need to repent. Some of us have, have just lived the way we want to live and we've lived in selfishness for a long, long time. We kind of banner around the, the word Christian, but man, we, we are living for me. And some of us need to take a step and actually follow. We're repenting, we're, we're denying ourselves, but we need to take those steps into obedience. Maybe it's baptism. Man, Jesus is clear, man. That, that's, that is an absolute, uh, in my opinion, non-negotiable first step. I need to get baptized. If you've never been baptized before, you know, I just want to encourage you uh, to make that decision. To take that step into, into obedience. And then he, he lays out this, this great commission for us to go into all the world and make disciples. And, and part of that is your own maturing process that you're discipled into maturity so that you can go and disciple another. I don't think they're going to let Elias starts pre-K tomorrow. I don't think they're going to let Elias teach the class. Right? He's got to be a student first. So there's this process and this journey that we're on, but it's all about following after Jesus. And so some of us just need to commit to the learning and growing process, the maturing process, as I would call it. So what's going to be your response today? We're going to, we're going to you know, close out and stand and sing a, an invitation hymn. And we just want to invite you to respond. And I always encourage people to come up. Man, it's encouraging to the rest of us. And as uh, Davey shared last week, and sometimes your, your boldness is going to help someone else be bold. And so maybe this morning you just need prayer. You just want to come up here and kneel or sit and we'll come and pray with you and or you need to make one of these big decisions and you want to publicly stand up and, 
and let your brothers and sisters know uh, what God's been doing and what he what he's stirring you and prompting you onto. But uh, let's uh, let's close with prayer and then we'll stand and sing. God, thank you again for being here and uh, amongst your people, God, and and how you um, discipline us because you love us. You you cut to the heart sometimes because we need that. Um, God, and I just pray that we're open to that. I pray that we're listening to you, God, that we're, we're willing to put down the selfishness and embrace this, this life of following Jesus Christ, that we are actually going to make him the Lord of our life. Maybe we said that many, many years ago, God, and it just never really um, worked itself out. Lord, we, we got off track. Help us to, to right the ship. God, help us to walk in the newness that we are, the new creation, the, all the things that you talk about in your word, God, and just help us to, to move into a place of uh, true discipleship, God, that we are following after Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right now in your people. In Jesus' name, amen.